Well, amen. Thank you so much, guys, uh, once again for being here with us. Uh, we are continuing in our sermon series, Restored. Last week, we talked about the fact that we've been restored to be fruitful and that that fruit is intended by God to be good. Uh, don't let the enemy convince you that you can't bear good fruit because you can. You've been restored back into your position at God's son or daughter and you can bear good fruit. And today we're going to do week two and we're going to talk about dominion, restored to dominion. Let me read Genesis chapter one, verse 28. And then I want to pray for us that the Holy Spirit would anoint this and take this word right into your heart. Genesis chapter one, verse 28 says this, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let me ask the Lord to bless us this morning. Heavenly Father, we so thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that through your word, Father, we learned that Jesus atoned for our sins, died on the cross, and then was resurrected to life, Lord, and in that, so were we. We were restored to what Adam lost, Father. We've been it's been made possible, Father, that we can once again be your sons and daughters. We've been restored into relationship and into our position as children of God. And so, Father, I pray that through this series, you would help each one of us to learn all that that means, Father, that we might live in the purpose of God and in the provision of God and be all that you've made us to be. We bless you today. Touch each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we're going to talk about dominion, and before we do that, let me make sure that you understand that we're going to talk, and let me say it like this, and then I'll break it down for you. We're going to talk about the disease and not the symptoms of the disease. So often, people want to think about all the different things that they can rule over, and while that is true, there are also some things that we don't yet rule over, but we, we love to deal with the symptoms. We, we love it. Listen, you would undoubtedly be excited, and I know I am, if I were to preach today on the fact that you have dominion over shame. Woo, man, we could get the crowd going. You no longer have to be shameful. You have dominion. You've got dominion over guilt, and you do. You have dominion over fear and dominion over anxiety and dominion over anger and dominion over bitterness and dominion over <coughs> selfishness and greed. And you have dominion over hate. Oh, isn't it good that we have dominion over hate? And that is true, but that's really symptomatic. Some of you might not, might not, may, may not like to know that the Lord intends for you to have dominion over laziness and over envy. And as I said, over hate and hatred, you also have dominion over immorality. Those are all symptomatic. You would, you would undoubtedly like for me to preach on those. And while there are things in there we do have dominion over, that's, that's not what we're going to do today. Those are just symptoms. We want dominion to be about things that are external to us that are in the world. We love preachers that will tell us that our lives can be free from things like poverty. Woo, you've got dominion over poverty. We love that. You know what? You need to take dominion over injustice. You don't have to be hungry anymore. God's given you dominion over your children ever being hungry again. 
How about this one? Man, we could really get the crowd going today if I preach on the fact that you have dominion over sickness. No disease can touch you. The COVID-19 can't come. You've got dominion over that. We, I would love to preach it, and I have no doubt that you would love to hear it. You know, you don't ever have to live with a sense of rejection anymore because God has created you as a son and daughter of God to live above rejection. How about gossip? You've got dominion over those gossips who try to rule your life and try to say things about you that aren't true. Take dominion over that spirit of gossip. How about need? Oh, you can take dominion over the spirit of need who comes to heal and to take from you the property that the Lord has blessed you with. How about division? Oh, division is of the devil. We have dominion over it. Oh, here's a big one. Racism. You've got dominion. We're going to take dominion over the spirit of racism in our world. Listen, I think I've heard sermons on all of those, and those would all be, to some extent, biblical. We love preachers that will tell us that our lives can be free from all of those if we only walk in the dominion of Christ and that the most important aspect, now listen, get this, and let me just put a little disclaimer right here. I don't know that you're going to love this right off the bat. I, I, I tried to prepare a particular kind of message, and the deeper I dug into the Word of God, the more the Lord shaped this message into something differently. We are often told that the most important aspect of living in dominion is what you say. Listen, you just don't need to confess that because with the heart, you know, the mouth makes confession under repentance and under righteousness. And listen, if you'll just say the right things, then dominion will be yours. Everything will just fall into place if you'll just say the right thing. If you, if you say it or if you believe something strong or complete enough, then none of this world's decay will come upon you because you'll live in complete dominion as God created you to. I love the feeling of that. I really do. Feels, it even feels really good to preach that because nobody objects to that. Nobody, nobody doesn't want you to tell them that their life can be free from problems if they'll just do something. I love it. Feels really good to preach it like that. There are scriptures that speak to all of those in some way but I want you to know that there are not specific scriptures that say we have dominion over each of the above mentioned things. That's not in the Bible. And I am just such an advocate that all good theological truth must be biblical. It can't just be popular. It can't just be fun. It can't just make me feel good and And listen, I I love preaching things that you like to hear. There are things that the scripture teaches us we have dominion over. Many of those things are not specifically listed on that list. And in this series where we're talking about being restored to a lost position, there are things that we regained, but there are things that we did not regain. Let me say that again. There are absolutely things that Adam and Eve partook of in the Garden of Eden that were lost when sin by their disobedience entered the world. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross and restored us, there were many wonderful, incredible things that we regained, but there were some things that we did not regain. We will regain them, but we haven't yet. There are things that we absolutely do have dominion over. 
but there are things that we don't. And no preacher can preach you into having dominion that God hasn't ordained in his word that you have. No preacher can change the reality of the covenant relationship between us and God. No preacher, no matter what he says, no matter how much we like it, no preacher can alter the truth of God's word and the state of this world that we live in. And no matter how big a crowd you can get to applaud you, it still has to be true in God's word. Let me show you some things, first of all, that we didn't regain dominion over. Although you can't prove it theologically, most theologians believe that Adam and Eve didn't age in the garden and that they would not have died physically because we do know the scripture tells us that death came as a result of sin. We did not regain physical forever life that we believe Adam and Eve did have. We lost that in their transgression and we didn't regain it yet. I don't know if you've noticed, but when you look in the mirror, you're not getting younger every day, you're getting older. And eventually everyone, except those one day that go via the rapture of the church, everyone will leave this earth via death. Death came as a result of sin and we do not yet have dominion over the death of our physical bodies. As far as we know, From the scriptures, and it's true, pain of childbirth didn't exist. Some would say, well, Eve had never had a child. There's great discussion about that. But we do know that pain in childbirth came as a result of Adam and Eve's transgression. And uh, men, if you don't believe it, ask any lady who's had a baby. That's still in place. You don't have dominion over that. It was lost in Adam and Eve's disobedience and the death of Christ on the cross and his resurrection and his atonement and our restoration did not restore that benefit. We still live in a fallen world where women that we love suffer pain in childbirth. Part of the curse that came because of Adam and Eve's sin, as far as we know, in the garden, they didn't have to toil in the soil. The scripture does say that Adam was put in the garden to keep it, but it would seem that only good things, for for instance, there were no thorns and thistles. There were no contrary plants. He would plant something and it would grow beautiful. It didn't die. It didn't wither. It didn't fade. It seemed to have been easy and as part of the curse of Adam's disobedience, he would have to labor, he would have to toil, he would have to fight with the thistles and the, and the briars and the brambles and the weeds and he would have to work by the sweat of his brow in order to gain his living, his food from the soil. And I don't know if you've noticed, we still have to do that. This world doesn't just supply our need. It doesn't just provide for us without us having to labor to do so. We haven't yet gained dominion over that which was lost. So if that's true, if there are things that we have not gained dominion over, what does the scripture teach us clearly that we have gained dominion over? If we're going to preach this, let's preach it right. Over what then have we been restored to in dominion? What is it that we have regained What is the all-inclusive catch-all? What can I know for sure, preacher? What can I every day get out of my bed? And listen, that's what I'm looking for. I want something that I can get up every day and say, I know that I know that I know that I have dominion here. What is it? Well, I can tell you. And it's really 
better than perhaps all that other. Remember when we began, I told you that today we weren't going to deal with the symptoms because shame and guilt and fear and anxiety and anger and bitterness and selfish and greed and hate and laziness and envy and immorality and poverty and injustice and hunger and sickness and rejection and gossip and need and division and racism, all of those are just symptoms of the real disease and we have dominion over the disease. What is it? You may not be as wild about it when I tell you, but it's better. Having dominion over this is better than having dominion over this, over all those others. Having dominion over this is actually better than having dominion over physical death. Having dominion over this is actually more profitable eternally than having dominion over physical sickness. Having dominion over this is better than having all of the money of all of the heavens opened up and just falling into your lap. I'm telling you, having dominion over this is better than having bags of money that you're tripping over all the time because the Lord has just poured such good things into your life. What is it? You and I, irrevocably, because of Christ Jesus on the cross and his resurrection, we have dominion over the thing that messed up everything else. We have dominion over sin. You say, wow, I'm, I'm not as excited about that. I'd rather have dominion over poverty. Well, I understand that. But the thing that the Bible says that you absolutely, irrevocably, if you want it, You can live in dominion over sin. The thing that messed up the whole world was sin. It wasn't poverty to begin with. It was sin that brought poverty. It wasn't sickness that messed up the world. It was sin that brought sickness. Shame came because of sin. Guilt came because of sin. Fear came. Anxiety came. Bitterness, selfishness, all of that comes out of the disease of sin. And you can rule over sin and change your world. By living in dominion. Let me direct you to Romans chapter 6. Let me prove this to you by the scripture. Listen to what Paul writes to the church in Rome. Beginning in verse 9 of Romans chapter 6. Paul says this. We know, and I love things, we know. Don't you like it? We know. We think, we guess, no. We know that Christ being raised from the dead. That's what we've been talking about. Being restored because Christ rose. We started this on Easter. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died. Why did he do it? For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. You see, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection was about conquering the disease, sin. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Now listen to verse 14. Here it is. For sin will have no dominion over you. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. What then? 
Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin, that's what we were, you were slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And listen, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. What can you be and have dominion over? Sin. Let me give you some history of it. Why does this matter? Let me, first of all, teach you about what dominion really is. You see, in the ancient world, kings would erect statues of themselves throughout their kingdom to represent their rulership and their power in the provinces where they were not present and when they were not present. Many stories, Daniel and the, and the great uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel and all, and all of the Hebrews that were there taking captivity in Babylonia, the great statue that was erected there in the plain of Dura, that, that statue was a representation of Nebuchadnezzar and everyone was called and forced to bow before it and worship it. You see this story over and over that wicked kings would erect statues of themselves in places where they weren't so that when people saw the statues, they would remember who it was that had dominion, who it was that ruled, who it was that they were subject to, who it was that had the power, who was it that was in charge. The scripture tells us that you and I had stamped upon our soul upon our mind, our emotions, and our relationships, the seal of the statue of our fallen flesh. We were slaves to our sin. Adam and Eve's sin separated us from God, and we began to be ruled by the passions of our flesh. Flesh had dominion. Sin had its seal upon us, upon our mind. We saw things through a lens of sin, through our emotions. We responded to things through a lens of sin. We reacted with the world. We did our money. We did our life. We raised our children. We worshiped. All of it influenced by the dominion of sin in our lives. It was that dominion that was represented by that seal upon us. Romans chapter 6, verse 12, we just read it. It says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal. Don't let sin have the dominion. Sin reigns in you. It's the king in you. Sin fills your mind. Sin fills your heart. Sin fills your emotions. It fills you with fear. Why? Because it has dominion. There's a statue set up inside you, and the dominion in you is your fallen nature. Sin reigns, what Paul said. Don't let sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Sin reigned over your body, your flesh, and you had no option prior to Jesus. That's all there was. It reigned in you. I can remember when I was a kid, most of you uh, will be old enough to remember this, but many of you may not. There was a television show that had Flip Wilson in it. He would, there was this, this, this character and she would always say, the devil, the devil made me do it. Why did you act that way? Why'd you, well, the devil made me do it. We always laughed at that. But I want you to know that there's actually a truth in that. In that if you live in this life, now listen to me, if you're here and you live in this life, 
without Jesus reigning, without accepting the free sacrifice, it's free to you, it was incredibly costly, but the free gift of Christ's redemption. If you haven't surrendered your life to God's sovereignty, if the Holy Spirit is not what now reigns in you, you really are left with no choice. You fall prey constantly to the, to the inclinations of your mind, your fallen, depraved mind. It can still do some good things, but there's not this spirit of God in you. And sin reigns over you. And at least in that way, the devil does make you do things. It's not really the devil. It's your flesh. It's your nature. It's who you were in an unregenerated state. That's the nature of what dominion is. Who is it that's reigning in you now? Jesus came and lived and died that that might be God. Who reigns in you now? That's the question. Romans chapter 5. I love this. Now get this. Romans chapter 5. You say, oh, you're, you're suggesting that we have to work our way into salvation. No, I'm suggesting that that is impossible. You don't have the power to do the right thing short of God giving it to you. You don't have the means to overwhelm your own fleshly desires without him. You don't have the capacity. You can't just work it up. You will not be saved short of a miraculous work of grace. What reigns in you? Listen to Romans chapter 5, verse 21. So that as sin reigned in death, that's where you were, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace, if you're a believer, grace reigns in you now. You're not subject to the whims of your flesh. There is another voice now. Do you remember the little illustration where they had a little demon on one side and a little angel on the other? That's not true, but listen, there is another voice. There's a counterpoint. You'll still deal with your flesh, but now grace has made it possible that you can look at yourself in the mirror. You can say to those passions and those desires, no. I have another course. I have something else that reigns in me. The dominion in me of sin has been broken. And grace, the grace provided by Christ on the cross and his, his, his resurrection, that's what reigns in me now. My thoughts have been changed. My attitudes have been changed. The desires of my heart have now been changed. You say, Pastor, does that mean that I, I don't sin anymore? No. It means that when you do, there's something that draws you away from it. You still fight with your sin. Paul himself said, oh, wretched man that I am, the good that I want to do, I end up not doing, and the evil that I don't want to do, that's the very thing I do. Paul struggled with it. You'll struggle with it. But the good news is you know that the that there's a better thing to which God has called you. That dominion of sin, that absolute rule of sin has been broken, and now you have a choice or before you didn't. Grace reigns in you. Listen to Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. Paul says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. So we live in a time after the resurrection where there's still some suffering, Paul says. There's still some areas that we have to fight 
And sometimes we suffer. But Paul says that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us for the creation. Now list this. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing, but because of him who subjected it in hope. I'm hoping for a day that comes when I won't even have to fight this flesh, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption. This world is bound in corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Listen to verse 22. For we know that the whole creation has been growing together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, now listen, here it is. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. God's changed my inside. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. What is that? The redemption of our bodies. One day, (laughs) I'm going to quit aging. One day, I'm not going to die anymore. One day, I'm not going to grow weary anymore. I'm not only going to be redeemed inside in my spiritual man. One day, this body is going to receive its redemption. And then that day, oh, hallelujah, in that day, you'll have complete dominion. Sickness won't touch you. Death won't touch you. Poverty can't touch you. Bitterness and anger won't even be an option. Your whole self will be redeemed. This physical body will be redeemed and you'll be in complete dominion. But until that day, there is some suffering in this present time. There is a glory yet to be revealed. Yes, we do have, oh, praise God, the first fruits of the spirit. What does that mean? Let me give you some other ways to say first fruits because it's an old term. You got the first round. You got the down payment. You got a little bit of what you'll get in its whole. Right now, our spiritual man has been redeemed. Our mind can be rejuvenated by the washing in the water of the word. Your emotions can be changed. Your heart can be changed. Your decision-making matrix can be changed, but you're still going to get up one day older than you were the day you lay down. And those wrinkles are going to appear. And your body's going to break. And no amount of confession of dominion is going to keep you from one day dying an old person. Why? Because we haven't been completely redeemed yet. But that day's coming. There is a glory to be revealed. We already have the first fruits. And one day our physical bodies will be redeemed. But for now, we can exercise our dominion over sin. And in so doing, most of life gets much better. There is dominion to be claimed. And you can live in it. What can you do? What can you do? Listen, oh, this is so good, but you got to preach it right. You can take authority over sin and not live in poverty. You can confess it all you want. I'm not poor. I'm not poor. I'm not poor. And go get your wick cheese. (laughs) All right? I'm not making fun of those. Please don't take that. I lived poor. I understand redeeming food stamps. You may not understand that, but I do. But you can confess that all you want. But if you'll deal with the sin in your life and live your life according to the principles of God's word, God will provide you with a job and he'll teach you how to save and poverty can disappear. You can live in dominion over poverty if you'll deal with the sin in your life. You take dominion over sin 
and other people do, injustice will disappear from our planet. You want to get rid of the the injustice that's done from one man to his brother, from one race to another race, deal with the sin on this planet and injustice, take dominion over sin, truly take dominion over sin and injustice and racism will disappear because there's no room in the spirit of God for it. That's man-made. Little hungry children all over the world, deal with sin and hunger will disappear. You say, I want to have dominion over sickness. I can't promise you that you're never going to grow old and that you'll never get a disease. But I can tell you this, deal with sin and its effects and you'll live a healthier life than the one you're living now. Deal with sin and you'll have less rejection. Deal with sin, take dominion over sin and gossip will disappear from your life. Deal with sin and need will be diminished. Deal with sin and the amount of division in your family will disappear. It'll be reduced. There'll be less people that don't want to be around you if you'll deal with sin. Each of those is dealt with as we exercise our dominion over the disease and not the symptoms. Take your dominion over your sin. Christ died. Otis, come please. Christ died so that you might live in dominion over your fallen nature. He provided grace that then gives you a choice. Otis, can we do the little course? I have decided to follow Jesus. You see, before you had no choice. Let me close with this. You say, I, I don't know what that means. Before you had no choice. There was just one path. That path led to destruction. That path led to defilement. It led to being broken. It led to brokenness and poverty and shame and fear. Today, you have a choice. Christ Jesus came and grace began to reign. You say, well, shouldn't that mean that I don't have to face any of those? No. Jesus said, look, don't think it's strange when you have tribulation in this world. Rather, be of good cheer because in my overcoming this world, I'm going to provide you with the means that you can overcome this world. But you have a choice. There is a way that leads to death and there is a way that leads to life. You see, there's this choice that we've been provided as a double-edged sword. When you didn't know and when you didn't have the opportunity to know who Jesus was, you were not accountable for making the right decision. But now you do. Now you can let grace reign. Now you can choose to follow Jesus instead of following the way of the flesh. I've coined a little phrase that the Lord keeps bringing back to my mind. Where there is no faith, where there is no question, there is no faith. Faith always gives you a choice. You can choose to serve Jesus or you can choose not to. If you choose not to, there are consequences to that decision. You have to exercise faith that God's word is true. 
that God is real. If you remove that question, you take away your choice, there is no faith. Faith is predicated upon the fact that you get to choose and you will, out of your own volition, choose God's righteous way. Every day, you get to have dominion, but you have to exercise it. Father, I pray if there be those watching me right now that have not yet chosen to serve you, that they would do so right now. They've heard this message. They've heard the truth of your word. They've heard over the last few weeks or maybe just today that you died on the cross to save him and that they can accept a gift from you. But in so doing, they must accept your lordship and become your servants and decide right now to choose the way of life. They won't walk it without flaw. That's why the grace is so wonderful. We don't deserve it. The same grace that points the right path out covers our sins when we stray off of it. But we can't choose every day to walk the wrong path because there's just one path of grace. We fall off of it sometimes and your grace covers us when we do. But I can't say I want the grace but I'm going to walk in sin. I can't practice sin and walk in grace. That's contrary to the teachings of your word. We have to exercise the dominion over our flesh. And if there be even one, Father, right now that's watching this that doesn't know you, draw them to you right now. In Jesus' powerful name. Hey, look, if you're watching this today and you don't know Jesus, ask him right now. Ask him, forgive me, Lord. If you do that, go down in the comments and just type saved. Just type it. Just ask him, Lord, forgive me. Become my Lord. Save me. Put me on the path of grace. Give me dominion over sin. Teach me what it means to make the right choice. I begin that life today. If you do that right now, go down in the comments. Just type saved. One of our staff members is going to see that stream. They're going to reach out to you. If you have a prayer request, you can just type pray or prayer, and somebody will reach out to you and find out what your prayer request is. If you have a need, you can just type need. One of our staff members will see that in the stream. But specifically, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, what does that look like? It's a little bit like this little simple course. It goes like this. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning Here it is. Here's the choice. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me no turning back 
And that's what it is to practice the dominion. You get up every day and you say, Lord, I'm going to walk towards your cross. What does that mean? It's a symbol. In the chorus, speaking about a life of sacrifice, a life of discipline, a life where you choose to walk in the way of grace in your life, and eventually you'll become a dispenser of grace into the lives of others. You have dominion. You have dominion over sin. Let's practice it. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us here on this Sunday morning stream of our Sunday morning uh, service. Thank you so much. Just a couple of things. Remember, uh, we'll be back here tonight at 5 o'clock for a great time of prayer. I'll be right here. We'll spend an hour from 5 to 6 p.m. Just spirit-led prayer. We'll have the stream going. You, You can post prayer requests. I would just strongly encourage you to be here right there where you are, right on the same same stream spot, right on the same uh, same location for our 5 o'clock prayer time. Uh, prayer time. It'll be a powerful time. You'll be blessed. Uh, I'll not only, we'll not only be praying, but you can learn how to be a participant in spirit-led prayer. And then if you haven't already availed yourself of uh, our uh, Bible reading, you can uh, search on Facebook. If you'll search Pastor Roy's Bible Reading Group, I know it's a silly name, but it's easy to remember. Pastor Roy's Bible Reading Group. It's a private group. We have over 160 of us now that are reading through the scriptures every day together. It takes about 15 minutes. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament section of scripture, a Psalm and a Proverb. And it takes about 15 minutes. And if you do it every day for a year, you read through the whole Bible in 15 minutes a day. And from his word, you'll be empowered by his word and the Holy Spirit to make the right choice and to exercise the dominion that Christ in his death and resurrection paid for. And your life will get better. It won't get easy in every way, but it'll certainly be made better. It's been restored to something that Christ has paid for, and you ought to enjoy the blessings of living in it. And you can do that if you hide his word in your heart. Uh, lots of other good things here. Uh, Wednesday night study. If you if you uh, didn't catch this week's, our Wednesday night study is Wednesday night at 7. If you know senior adults, uh, we'd love for you to invite them to a 1030 time right here on this stream on Wednesday morning. And do this with me. Do it for me right now. Now listen, before you leave, some of you may have already, but listen, do, do this before you leave. Down at the bottom of your stream, there's a share button. Last week, we had over 200 people between Facebook and YouTube and Vimeo. We had over 200 of you connect at different times during this 1030 Sunday morning hour. Of that 200, only 60 of you shared the broadcast. And you say, well, Pastor, uh, why would I want to do that? Because you don't know who might need to hear this. It's the easiest thing that you will ever do, and it might result. In fact, we had a young lady last week that got saved that we've never met you might be responsible. You say, well, I know all my friends are already saved. Yeah, but you don't know all their friends. You might share it and then they might share it and it might go viral and the word of God might go through us. It's the easiest thing I've ever asked you to do in order to build God's kingdom. So go down right now to the bottom of this stream and hit share. You say, well, it's almost over. Yeah, but it'll share it and it'll share the entirety of it and they can go back and watch the whole thing. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you back here at 5 o'clock tonight for our Sunday night prayer. Be blessed. Bye-bye.